So tonight's movie is called Forever My Girl. Most of you probably haven't seen it, but because we're in uh, Utah, which is uh, it's got a strong Christian kind of feel, we get these really great movies that come very strongly to a lot of our theaters here, and this is a, a Christian movie that uses relationships for healing. And uh, just like Lisa Lote, you could watch her on... <laughs> that's good that you find that's so funny <laughs> it's a good sign she doesn't even know what's coming next just like Lisa Lette had that experience up here of, of giving her gifts over to the spirit that's really what all of us are called to do this weekend in our entire lives and this guy in this movie has used his gifts for ego's purposes to run away from his true calling, which is to give away his sensitivity and his love, you'll find out very quickly, for a daughter, and and bring out the best in the people around him. But he so, feels so unworthy and so out of touch with that space and that sense of responsibility that comes up that he runs away. And this movie is about him, him coming back, and not just in form, but actually in heart. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're you're out here in rural Utah, so it's a, just a good old fashioned country forgiveness movie. You just can't get any better. It's like mashed potato gravy and and your country forgiveness movie. It goes right to the heart. So it's going to be good because um, yeah, he he will actually use not only his his talents but. But he will use the fame card to run away. And there have been a number of people throughout history who have really, I think of Marilyn Monroe, but there's been a lot of people that really played the ego's fame card and then, you know, played it out, but then it, it just became suicidal because they just had such a loneliness and an emptiness. It's, it's quite a, I don't know, it's quite a seductive trap fame, you know, where... where People feel like that that's, there's some kind of worth, self-worth or value in that. And then, and then it seems like all these things from the world come your way. And so I think this is kind of one where it's, it's not like semi-famous. He, he's like, he becomes extremely famous and uses that to avoid healing, avoid his relationship, and um, basically avoid an inner wound that goes way, way back in, in this movie to his relationship with his mother. But we know from Course in Miracles that it goes all the way back to the perceived, the believed wound with God. And then how the mind seemed to run into time and space to avoid that, that horrific feeling of guilt of having believed it separated from its source and, and use all sorts of things to cover up here comes a cowgirl. This is perfect for this movie tonight. We've got a country movie. And we've got a cowgirl that just came in. And so, so it's really quite a good, good movie for that. And, um, and also, you know, sometimes you hear us talk, we talk a lot about no private thoughts and no people pleasing. Watch the daughter character in this. She is like, boom, no 
private thoughts. She's going she's gonna to unload, um, as a young woman, <laughs> as a girl, unload no private thoughts on her mother and her father. And it's going to accelerate their growth in a huge way because she is not messing around. She's not only not going to hold back her private thoughts, but she's very telepathic. She's going to unload them at the times when it's the worst time, when they're hoping that she'll keep her mouth shut. She's going to unload a full barrel. Uh, and that, you start to realize that, that that is actually helpful. It's going to speed the healing up enormously. And um, it does remind me of one of the movies in our collection that I show from time to time. It's called The Last Sin Eater. It's pretty heavy. But it's, it's, there's a woman, a young woman in there who, who basically goes against her whole culture, her whole community, and comes out and, the, and basically said there'll be, there'll be no more lies. And she comes right out. And then that's when everything turns. It just takes that firm commitment to spirit to not hide and protect the ego and to really stand up strong in spirit. And then amazingly, that's the, the, the power that comes through and changes the whole perception. So it just shows the power of our mind. And when we really are dedicated to, to really go for it, then the healing must occur. And if you go for it in a real direct way, without compromising, then it, it's just a rapid healing that occurs. It's a very natural healing, but it has to be a firmness of commitment. And yeah, she's really, really committed. And she's like a... Um, hmm? Right, <laughs> kind of like a crystal child, but yeah, she's just like brings this um, acceleration. And, and I really appreciate that. It's nice to see the healings in the movie kind of go full circle. Where uh, when we were watching Molly's game the other day, you know, she was still kind of trying to fish her way through. But but in this movie, it's like a it's a beautiful healing movie. <laughs> okay, we see the hands in the air. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, simple story of the, of just the attempt, like Jason said, to run away, but to, to, to try to avoid the wound. And it's quite amazing to think that it's not really the fear of loss that, that drives us insane or drives us to run, but it's, it's actually what the loss is covering over in our mind. The love that is so strong. Jesus says, if you remembered those that you were with in heaven, that you would weep. Because the love is so strong. So this, even this sense of loss that covers it over is just, it's just being removed from the the fear of the love. So it doesn't seem that way in this world. It seems like there's all kinds of, of fears that arise up into awareness from the unconscious mind. But, but ultimately, that's why we have to forgive. We have to, we have to release this fear of loss. And 
just the attachment and control that go with that loss as well. Whatever we think we own and possess, we're deathly afraid of, of losing it. And we'll do anything to protect it, but it doesn't get us what we want. We don't come down to that experience. And so, yeah, a lot of symbology in there, even the final song, Home, Finally Home. You know, he had to face that fear of loss that he faced with his mother dying when he was young that was just driving him, driving him always on the run from that, that memory. But, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, it really touched me. Just thinking back of relationships, how each time like one was ending or whatever, it was sometimes if I felt it was too early, it was my own decision because of the fear of love and yet Jesus would use the next one to keep bringing me closer to that. Mm. It was kind of amazing watching it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was. What came up for anyone? Did anyone have any experiences? Do we have our roving mic, our wireless? Oh, we do. Hi, I'm Pam, and that was um, really healing for me. My dad died when I was two, and um, my mother went out with a guy on and off for... He died when I was two, and I, from the time I was about four, I remember this guy, and she she was just terrified. They were going to get married when I was in seventh grade, and I was going to be normal like everybody else with a mom and a dad. And in seventh grade, she initiated some kind of argument and drove him away. And I don't think I'd ever really forgiven her for that. Um, and seeing why he ran away, you know, I never looked at the fact that she was as hurt or traumatized as she was. And... Um, that was huge for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Just passing the mic around. Oh. Just fire down. <laughs> I'm not talking on it. <laughs> Carrying the mic. All eyes are on Stan the man. <laughs> he said, I'm passing it on. Here we go, up here. <laughs> mm. Hello, uh, my name is Kyle. Um, yeah, man, that I, I resonate with the um, the main character a lot. Um, except that he pretty early on in his life uh, just knew he had this this talent, and then he just from a young age just ran with it. You know, um, most of my life I felt like I have. Um, I don't know some talent, uh, but I've I had never started to express it um, until just recently. But really, what I what I resonate with is his. He was convinced that he was worthless, or he was convinced that he was uh, defective. Um, and it's like lately in the last so the the course 
found me about a year ago. And I'm just getting really, really honest with this. Like, I'm, like, on some level, I hate myself or I'm worthless and I can't, I, I can't do anything I set my mind to. And, I'll, and um, But having the loving people around him that after, you know, after um, he shows them he's working on it, was just so beautiful to me. Like, just lifting him back up. Um, and I, I'm, I'm blessed to have some, you know, some loving people around me that, that, you know, see the light in me and, and keep encouraging me to, uh, express, 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 you know, and then lift others up, but just watching him fall down because he thinks he's worthless. Like, ah, it, oh, it just hit me. And then, uh, like when he's on the plane and his manager has the love and the balls to be like, you idiot, <laughs> That was so beautiful. Um, and then his, you know, his girl taking him back, not because he said the right thing, but because he got really deeply vulnerable and honest and just opened his heart. And that, you know, um, just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, very healing for me. Thank you. Yeah, Malkin. I liked. Um, I was like kind of rooting for him not to take the bait on all the doubt thoughts that were coming to him about his self concept. It was uh, in the bar when the brother in law was there, and he was just saying all that stuff. And I was just kind of rooting for him just just to recognize those are just doubt thoughts and don't own them, don't take them. Um. There was a um a part from the movie Passengers where um where the the captain was looking at the the pod and he saw it, he goes, I know what you did, you know, and he's like, Damn. And um and you and you stopped it and said, just notice that doubt thought. And that was so helpful to recognize that the things that that I, I think separate people are saying are just my own doubt thoughts, and I can just see through that. I don't have to make them separate. I don't have to take it personal. And that's why I was just rooting for him, just to, just to let that go as he did. Thank you. <laughs> Behind you, there's the hill. One over there, one there. No, no, he was straight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no one's here. Of course. No one was here. What I heard him say was the longer I was away from home, the more pain I felt. And to me, that's like saying the longer I'm away from love or God or heaven, the more pain I feel. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, we when people have out thoughts come up that are recurring, like Malcolm said, you know, the, 
it's like to not buy the bait, but a lot of times uh, the thing that's most helpful is to go toward the thing that you've been avoiding. It's like a line from that movie, Revolver, where you don't want to go, that's where you'll find him. In other words, the ego is, is in our mind and, and this whole projection of time and space is an attempt to not go where the ego is, to, to play the blame game or point the finger and put it out as if we can get rid of it by seeing it where it's not. And so, in A Course in Miracles, Jesus defines projection. You know, you hear a lot about it in psychology and psychiatry, but Jesus says projection is the attempt to get rid of something that you do not want. And he basically says you don't get rid of it by projecting it. You keep it by projecting it. It's the very opposite of what the ego is saying. Just get it off your chest, let them have it, you'll feel better. Mm. You'll feel guilty, because it just reinforces the guilt. So that's something we have a lot of times in the spiritual community where we, somebody's going through something and it's just the thoughts keep coming up and coming up and yeah, you could see in Liam's case, he didn't want to face it and he'd been running for so long about eight years, and then, you know, through the circumstances of being drawn by his best friend's death and funeral to come back to Saint, as they call it, Saint Augustine, and then that just initiated a chain reaction of opportunities to face what he didn't want to face. And it does seem that that's just the way it works. Even people who pick up A Course in Miracles and they start practicing it, studying it, practicing the lessons, I have found over the years that that's, that's the Holy Spirit's method of operation. Of you, you start to read or ponder a particular idea, thought, principle, and then as you, soon as you let that in, then the Holy Spirit will give you a number of opportunities to teach what you would learn, to strengthen it, to really fully embrace it. And it's just amazing to me how rapid fire those opportunities come. I just watched it over and over in my life where it's like I start to be on the cusp of something and then bam, 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 bam. And of course the little daughter, you know, she came <laughs> flying in like around every corner, you know, just like opportunity, opportunity, just really direct. And that's so beautiful that our life can go that way when we really are ready and willing, you know, just turn, make the turn and then let those opportunities just come and just take them one after the next after the next. And when you do that, it feels so good. You could see Liam just lighting up as he was taking those opportunities and just moving right into them and, and being authentic, you know, being vulnerable and then being open and, and taking the opportunities that were given him for connecting and joining.
It's just, it's a precious way to live. It's just that it's a reversal. For many of us, it's a complete reversal of the way that we lived our lives. Instead of being on the run and avoiding, you come straight into it and then, you know, the miracles just come flooding in. Yeah, that was a great movie for that. I just love these kind of movies as healing devices because yep, it's just so beautiful. No commentary necessary. They're not looking for metaphysics or anything. It's just, just right there. Every scene, every scene. Here it comes again. Another opportunity, another opportunity. And uh, also just a reminder that it can be quick. It can be quite rapid if we're willing. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out process. It can come in there so fast. Just precious. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I was telling Utah halfway through this movie, I realized I met this guy, Liam, in, uh, when we were in South by Southwest in Austin, and I went to a movie without you, Jason, one night. And it was a movie, and he was like this black sheep of a town. And remember, I came back and I told you, wow, that movie was healing for me. I went up and I talked to him after the movie, and he's like, which character did you identify with? And I heard him say that to me tonight as I watch this. I'm like, I go, you did that? I met this guy. And that's the part, like, you know, coming from a small town and being seeming black sheep of the small town, the scenes that really affected me were when he came back and his father had him stand there and the whole town came out and, like, that unconditional love, and then certainly the scene with his father, when he was like, you know, it wasn't your fault and all that. So those were the, you know, those were the scenes, this idea that you actually can't do it wrong as much as he tried, and I certainly tried in my life. But, so that's, uh, that's what I got. Beautiful. Very good, Christopher. Hey, everybody. Um, I thought it really brought up the theme of specialness and his pursuit of specialness, trying to um, wo- uh, heal the wound. But he left her, and no matter what he did or how famous he got, he couldn't make the wound go away. And in the end, he had to go back to um, to heal it. He had to go back to the source. So I thought it was a great example of the pursuit of specialness. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful insight. Yeah, it's funny how the past just repeats until you face it, until you face it straight on. Yeah. Uh, David, um, what struck me was the importance of the child. If there had been no child, imagine how different the story would have been. I can't imagine that they would have gotten back, well, who knows, they might have gotten back together, but it was really uh, that little, that fantastic little girl that was, I think she was the key to the thing. That, that's my impression. Um, I like that there was an underlying theme of prodigal son, yeah. of him returning. And, um, you know, like you said, the scene at the church where his father, like our Holy Father, talking about forgiveness and the people in the church coming back to forgive him and feeling healed from that because... The miracle heals in all directions. Yeah. 
from for me just the coming home part at the end um and some of it didn't some of my um messages that came to me just weren't from the movie or maybe they were but just um thinking about how hot it was and um it just came to me that the desire to cool down was my my desire to change the present moment and then I had a bigger idea because <laughs> um, I've been so preoccupied with my body and wanting to be thin and it's not about my body I just wanted to change the present moment the, it had nothing to do with the weight or the pain That's huge. That's so beautiful. So I don't know exactly how to frame this, and I this this kills me in a way. I can't understand how we keep having this dream of death. I've had a couple of deaths that just about killed me. And I know that I've come to some amazing healing, like what Carly was talking about today. I've had just experiences that I never could have imagined. Never. And yet the thought of death or separation from people who I... Who I feel really close to that mimic the feeling of God. I just can't understand why we keep having this dream of death. And I don't, it's one of the foundational parts of A Course in Miracles that I've never really had an intellectual understanding of, or perhaps just a rejection of the notion that I I would leave the source of something so beautiful, comforting, loving, innocent, wonderful as God, and then forget about it. So I'm having some real like lack of acceptance over the whole thing about death and that it imitates something that I supposedly did that I don't remember. hate to bring the crowd down, but it's just, just like eating at me. Yeah, there's a, there was a point for Helen Shuckman uh, one day where she, in her mind's eye, she just saw these these words and they were all set on fire. Like Jesus does this sometimes to emphasize something. <laughs> like in the Course, he italicizes words, but in this case, it was they were on fire. She could see them in fire. And the words were, never underestimate the power of denial. And so when we look back at human history and, and some of the early psychologists and, and the, the idea of a subconscious mind that's completely pushed out of awareness, um, as I was saying earlier, you know, it's, it's not only has the wound 
been pushed out of awareness that it would be too, way too painful to take on the full awareness of the wound. But the wound's been pushed out of awareness and then underneath the wound, the love that Jesus says you would weep if you came in touch with that. You would just weep. You would lose it because it's so, so intense. That, like the call, ever since the seeming fall from grace, the call to awaken is so strong that he's basically saying, you, you can't resist it. You can try, but you will never be able to resist that call. And that call will never stop until you answer it and embrace it and accept it. So the denial part is, is just, um, I've just seen it so many times over and over. So many witnesses have just been showing me that it's like that's, that's the, the seeming power that, of the mind that's given over to a defense mechanism to block love out, to block the awareness of love. And that's what the death is. It's uh, defenses do what they would defend. You know, the, the denial is literally, is that which is given power to keep the mind unaware and not remembering that, that love. And then what seems to be death of the body, you know, that's that's, again, we talked about symbols. This morning I talked about symbols. That's just a symbol of separation. Jesus is saying that the body is just like a, a, a concretized form of sin. Sin being error. And then it's projected out into kind of a concretized form. But this concretized form of sin is believed to be life. We believe life through the egos teaching begins at birth and ends with death. And, and that life is the biological life of the body. So you can see how deep the mesmerism goes. The mind's taken on all kinds of beliefs and and now even what is goes for death, that also is just an, a meaning, an interpretation that's read onto the world. And I think when it comes down to to really facing that idea of death, what when I've asked people, what is the sorrow for you? What is the sadness? It was the sense of like of like I will never see or or feel or communicate with that person again. Like there was something there that was very precious, and then it's gone, and it just seems like it's gone forever. So it really, if you look at it from that perspective, it's the break of communication that is associated with the body that seems to be the, where the loss is. I'm going to miss you, you know, I'll never see you again, those kind of associations. But, but that also means that communication is very, very much still defined to the body. And, you know, you, you, there are many, many witnesses of people who've been in a coma who, uh, when they come out of the coma, they heard everything that was spoken. And, and they recount it. You know, and there's many, many types of symbols that can come into the mind and start to show the mind that it's, that communication is literally unbroken, and yet it's the belief that without the body that you cannot communicate. That's just another 
belief of this death wish. So it's quite ingenious that kind of covering itself and, and projecting things out to seem to be causative in the world, but the ego itself is the death wish and that's why spiritual awakening involves just raising it up into awareness and exposing it. And Jesus says, once you raise it up into awareness and bring it to the light, you, you no longer can believe this. You would just laugh at this idea. When it's fully raised into light, it's just laughable. It's, it's just really silly. But when it is kept hidden, then the projected world seems to be very real indeed, in terms of the outpicturing of that belief. So it's what I was talking about in the morning session, how important it is to to really come back into the theater, the theater of the mind, and just take a look at the ideas, and then hold those ideas and beliefs up to the light. Say, can this stand the light? And you find most, most things in the theater can't stand the light. Even when I would watch movies or political conventions or whatever, I would just I wasn't so interested so much in the characters, but I was interested in the ideas that they were sharing. And one of the ones um, that I kept hearing so much when I watched the political conventions was sacrifice. We have to sacrifice. Our generation must sacrifice for the for our future, the future generations, and sacrifice, sacrifice. And of course, the more you look at the idea of sacrifice, you know, it, you see that it can't come from a loving God. And, and same with competition and so many ideas that are the bedrock of this projected time-space world. If you really just strip away the form and just look at the idea, you can start to see that that could not have come from love. And then you come into, you know, as Malcolm was saying, just facing those as doubt thoughts. They're all fear thoughts, all competition, all sacrifice, all those ideas are just doubt of who I am, who I truly am. And those must be faced. We have to, we have to face them, we have to see them for what they are to be free of them. If we don't choose to face them, then they just get played out in front of our, our eyes, so to speak, with our five senses. They just, it just keeps looping around. And then it gets depressing. When you start to go, I don't understand this loop. Even in the movie Groundhog Day, Phil, you know, Phil gets a bit depressed and then he gets so depressed that he, he tries to kill himself over and over and over again. And then he really gets depressed because he can't kill himself. He tries over and over and he can't even kill himself. And then he gets super depressed. I would say disillusion. You know, he starts eating, he's stuffing food in his mouth, and Rita's saying, you know, she's just really giving it to him, and he said, I, I don't know, I, I might be God, or some kind of God. You know, he just starts to get off into wild <laughs> fantasies because he can't figure it out. He just can't figure the time loop out, and and finally he he does have to resign, and it's, you know, through him changing his mind and changing his attitude, 
that changes the witnesses that he calls forth and then eventually that, that takes him into this beautiful state of mind of, of happiness and contentment. But, but it takes that change of mind. So, we've been talking about that, the, the, that idea of change. The ego projects even the idea of change and says the world has to change for me to be happy. That's exactly what Eric was saying. The body has to change, the world has to change, the temperature has to change, something has to change. And then the Spirit's gently saying, no, come with me in this moment and, and have a change of mind, have a change of purpose, have a change of perspective, and then you'll see everything completely differently and you're free of the loop. You'll no longer be tied into that loop. Thank you, Portia, for raising that. That's, that's important, facing the death. Okay, Stephen. Yeah, thank you. Um, boy, that triggered the thought of uh, one of the poignant moments for me in the movie was um, when he finally closed the loop and he told her the truth. He reciprocated with what she had been telling him for eight years through the phone, that you're the one. And, and how he denied that, and he ran from that. And, but he still heard that message, he still listened to that message. So I was thinking, well, that's, that's the Holy Spirit, it's just, just, just going to always message that. It's just always going to be telling us we're the one. We're, we're, we're not Neo, we're the one. And so for me, when he, uh, well, I felt the emotion when he finally owned it, and he owned the truth, and he was able to open his heart, and he was able to speak the truth, he learned to tell the truth. And to me, that just closed that loop into the, the acknowledgement and the acceptance of, of you're the one, and there's only one, and it's love. Yeah. And so that, that just, boy, that just brought it forth. And yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of flee into the specialness of it, like, yeah, 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 this oh, it feels so good. But, but it was the love that felt good. It was the recognition of the love and the knowing that you, you are the one. And I, I just thought that was poignant. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> 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 huh? Yeah, I would, what what just what I just got from the share I just heard was that there was this real powerful thought that was like there you know the, the word expression session came into my mind. There was so much unexpressed uh, you know, love and, you know, devotion and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I can't tell them that. I mean, you know, it's like, I can feel that way, and I'll leave it on a phone for 100 years and drag it around <laughs> with a freaking antenna and all that. But, um, so it's kind of cute, but it was like, God forbid, you know, that I actually tell somebody how I actually feel, which is what happened at the end, and everybody goes, oh, okay, well, cool, then we'll just go on, you know, and have this wonderful life, you know. But before that, it's like, oh, well, you know, don't say this and don't say that. There was just so much that was hidden, and, you know, boy, that little girl was good at bringing it all out, you know, and she was just real cute. But I was just struck by the unexpressed, you know. So when I think of expression sessions, it's like, okay, we have to talk. You know, one of those things. You know, it's like, okay, here's what's going on. You know, I have this grievance. You know, or, you know, you know it can be like, I just really love you and I appreciate you and I always have. I think I always will regardless of the form our life takes together. It's just like, it just reminds me of, you know, just the feeling I've had. It's like, I can grow 
from my pain and suffering, or I can choose to grow through you know, love and joy and happiness. I mean, they will both teach me, and I will grow, and I will learn. But for so many years, my choice was, or my thought was, I needed pain. So, you know, it's like, okay, here's some pain. I mean, it's everywhere, right? You know, you just walk outside the tent, and you'll find something. So, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like, Eric, it's too hot, I, whatever. It's like, oh, God, the bugs are biting my ankles. Okay. But so... Uh, but I can learn from anything, and I just choose to learn from love today. I just uh, and and I so much love what David said. When you have an awareness and something starts to happen, Jason's not the only crier in the room. Um, that that when something starts to when I really get something, I get these opportunities one right after the other. And you know, today it looks like Strawberry Fields, you know, festival. That's why I go up, oh, going strawberry. But, you know, I can see the precursors. You know, I've just had these really powerful feelings that I've tried to express. It's like, wow, this is happening for me. This is the change in my awareness. This is, you know, and, and, and all of that. And then I'm getting these opportunities to just be loving and, you know, and hug and all that. I'm a toucher, man. I'll tell you, if I touch you when you walk by, please don't be offended. And if you do, we can sit down and we can talk about it. But um, anyway... But it's just so great to just be here and just express, you know. And, and I haven't had anybody go, don't touch me. It hasn't happened yet, you know. I'm not asking for it. But, um, so anyway, no, I'm just so grateful to be here with you guys. You know, I just, uh, I just, I just, I'm going positive, Mike. Go positive. Come on, man. Talk about how good this can be and how much fun it can be and how much you can still learn and just move forward and just skyrocket and just be thrilled and not going... Oh, yeah, I was really in a bad place, but now I'm, you know, now I'm okay. It's like, yeah, okay, I've been there, but it's like the old thing about the trampoline. You know, you jump on the trampoline, you go down, and the energy of going down just shoots you up. You know, I heard David mention it earlier. You know, so it's like, you know, screw the trampoline, man. I'm done with the trampoline, you know, for now. I mean, if I need more trampoline, I know I'll get more trampoline. But, but I can live with that, and I've talked too much. But anyway, thank you, everybody. I so appreciate you being here. That's wonderful. (laughs) Here's our poster child for no private thoughts. (laughs) You've heard of comics like Rodney Dangerfield. He's our our no private thoughts comedian. Yeah, I love it. It's so healing. Hi guys, Hi, Kelly here. Um, I think, you know, I just, I love that feel good feeling when, you know, at the end of the movie, everything worked out great, you know, and um, there was a time I used to be jealous of movies like that, you know, I don't have that love in my life, you know, but now I, I have that love in my life. So when I see that love, oh, the joy to see it out there because I'm feeling it in here too, you know, and it's God's love. It's not the male-female love. It's God's love. And like we were on a call last night and a little call that we had and 
Gil does this unbelievable meditation that, you know, I had gotten off of work, I was stressed out, I was tight, and I said, Gil, will you, will you please lead the call because I don't have it right now. And um, she was like, sure. And she did this meditation, and it blissed us all out. We were just in total loving each other through the whole call. We couldn't say a nice enough thing up to each other throughout that whole call. And I felt the same love here watching the movie as I did from that meditation. And it's God's love. It's not a special relationship. It's God's love. And that's why I'm here at Strawberry, because there's so much love here. And that's what drew me here, was to feel this love that I just love. (laughs) Kelly loves you. That's my name. Yeah. Beautiful. To be able to just share that without any embarrassment, you know. I did a lot of traveling, and I think I remember for a lot of years I just had that. That was my uh, answering machine message. I would end with, I love you. Because <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, I want to I just share that even when it's a recording, you know, you know to feel that. And thank you, Kelly. Hello. Uh, I don't know if it fits, but... Uh, there was a funeral in the movie, and uh, my grandpa died last year. And uh, since then, uh, I've been feeling very sad. And like like it was a whole year of funeral. And, uh, yeah. yeah it brought that, that reminded you of that when you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now uh, here um, in this festival, I can laugh a lot, and uh, it's not not so much like that. And yeah, yeah, this is not a very serious group. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, you can feel free, yeah, to enjoy that, the lightness of that. Yeah, it's a contrast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I I, I really need more exercise, so please. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Sean. I love you all. It's kind of funny. I came into here tonight and David was announcing the film and said it was about running away and then coming home because I skipped the prior session. I took off my car and was like, I'm ready to go home. And I drove into Duchesne and I got my favorite addictive substance, which is Dr. Pepper. (laughs) <laughs> and I drank it and I kept asking the Holy Spirit what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to do and why am I here and why am I here 
And so I just kind of gave myself a break. That's what I was guided to do. And then, so I, um, I came back and, and the drive back from Duchesne to here, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Something that David said earlier today about that we're really here. Um, it was the tip of the iceberg, the very, very tip. And that our truth is all the gigantic space beneath. And because um, I tend to run away. And, um, and I'm always running away from that tip that says that I'm not good enough. And as I was driving back, I, your analogy spoke to me, and I realized um, the purpose I'm here for is to recognize my greater self. And I recognize in that being here with all of you who are also seeking and here to recognize your greater self, that there is so much love, and I don't need to run, and I can just be here and let go and express and join. And um, so with that, I thank all of you for being here because you're totally helping me heal. So thank you. Oh, so glad. We're so glad. We're so glad you came, came back. Yes. Okay, so my name is Clara, and the reason why I decided to speak is not because I have anything so important to say, it's just that I was so scared to talk, and you said earlier that to walk towards whatever is scary. So about the movie, I want to say that everything that all of you have said, I felt, and I, and I totally resonate with. But there was one thing in the movie um, that also really touched me. And um, my father lost his mom when he was four. And I was named after that grandmother that died. And I always thought, so my mom and my dad had a horrible relationship. They ended up separating. But I always felt they were pretty much in love and that my mom was, and still, they're still separated, they're uh, really getting old. And I always thought my mom was the love of the life of my dad, that he, that he was always in love with her. And the movie kind of made me realize why he was so, um, in a way, mean he was never violent. He's, he's, he's not a violent person, all the contrary, but he was not a great husband either. So, and I think, and I think, of course, I always knew it intellectually that the loss of his mother was huge when he was four. But the movie kind of emotionally made me touch maybe that 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 was behind his behavior with my mom. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Claire. I feel great. I, I was able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you went right towards And you know what? Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. And I have to say something now that came to mind. I normally do like public speaking, and my dad is a famous public speaker. And I don't know why it was so hard to talk today mm. in front of all of you. Mm. So thanks. Thank you. Um, since uh, Sean mentioned the uh, icebergs, um, there was something that happened this morning that uh, <laughs> when you mentioned um, Jesus' uh, uh, analogy or metaphor of the icebergs that um, <clears throat> I was thinking about sharing, but I, I didn't get a chance. Um, when, when you explained it, you said that the, uh, the ego is just the very tip of the iceberg, and the, the part of the iceberg that is above the, the ocean is the, the subconscious, right? And that the, the major part of the iceberg, which is in the water, is the mind. Well, when I was looking at this in my mind, all of a sudden, all those portions of the iceberg in the water melted. And so... Every iceberg is connected to the ocean. So our mind is the ocean. So it was just became clear to my conscious mind that we, there is only one mind and that we are all connected to it because the, all of the icebergs have melted in, into the ocean. So I, I like just it. want to share that. Oh, I'm glad, David. That's yeah. great. <laughs> sweet. That's, That's sweet. Oh, here we go. Okay, pass it back, please. Thank you. No worries. No, not me. It's not about movie. Can I just share a thing about from the today? Yes. Sean, was it you with the yellow thing? No? No, it was Rich. Rich, okay. Yeah, because it was so strange. Okay, then it's... Yeah, because I... You know, we have this session, and I was sitting there, and there was this yellow thing on the floor, and everything everything is gray, but that was really yellow. So I put it up and looked at it, and no, this is nothing important. But the thing that you were talking about, it was a, a, a ladder, would you say, a parable? That really, what you were talking about. So I was sitting in with it, and no, don't do this. I put it away, and I put it up again, and yeah, you should go and share this. So I was really scared, you know, getting... <laughs> coming with a yellow thing to you. <laughs> yeah. And after, I can tell you that uh, the ego beat me up quite well. Uh, uh, so I have to fight a bit with that. And then I met, where are you? Yeah. Because you had to confess that it was yours. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we met afterwards. 
So he was ashamed because he has dropped it. <laughs> yeah. And what happened is me going up and giving it to you. Exposing, <laughs> yeah. Exposing the yellow Yeah, tray. yeah. So he had to work with that. <laughs> that he was a bad man who has, you know, put things on the floor. <laughs> so... That's good. All things, now we know for sure, all things work together for good. Yeah. But that yellow uh, tag. I, 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 you, you, have, you have the hat, both of you, and I think, no, what, did you go away because of, you know, the yellow? <laughs> and that's what I wanted to, <laughs> to know. But, Yeah. So it's it's so it, it, no. the the, interest, the interesting thing is that what whatever it, it's so easy to get to beat up yourself yeah, yeah and, and for me that yellow thing today was really uh, double beating <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> A double beating, yes. <laughs> there was a lot of healing taking place today. Yeah. But that's good. I'm getting there. Um, so I had a lot of... Uh, I, I saw the movie and I was kind of thinking... Um, skeptical thoughts and uh, like sort of like bullshit thoughts. I thought this is like romantic uh, special love kind of thing or something. This thoughts that I had coming up and um, that uh, sort of je jealousy like Kelly mentioned that she had in the past. I had that some during it. It wasn't too too strong but that was like my thoughts and then um, um, you know, people are sharing things, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I keep having those thoughts, but I, I'm here at Strawberry, and I'm having a good time. You know, I, I don't feel bad, but I do have those like these thoughts in relationship to. You know, even Jeffrey said this thing about about being able to be reconciled and things like this, and feeling like my situation that seems sort of impossible. Um, um, but on another level, I, I feel like uh, uh, maybe. My, my mind training is working because I'm like I feel like comfortable just saying like I'm gonna trust that this is like en energy for the Holy Spirit to give me some miracle you know because um, I, I, I feel like I, I don't know how it'll happen but I, um, um, that I guess I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing if uh, how there's a little bit of maybe there's a little bit of um, doubt there because it's an if how <laughs> the Holy Spirit will handle the thoughts I'm you know giving giving up and, and exposing here a little bit and in my heart giving being like hey this is you know this is what's on my mind like this seems like a Hollywood thing that's beautiful you know person full of resources person full of like uh, seemingly cool family background and all this stuff you know 
and I'm uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm just say like uh, what whatever. I recognize that's all. It's kind of all future thoughts because I'm, I'm like, I'm happy here. You know, I'm happy now. But it is, it is. There is some future like practicality thoughts that, that pop in, and I'm ju- just looking forward to seeing um, how it how it unfolds in some miraculous way. You know, and and praying, praying that that that. Uh, that that's real, you know, and and knowing that there have been little, little lots of little parables uh, that of my own, and hearing all the other parables from people here. So, amen. Yeah, it's like an attitude. If you get into that feeling deeper and deeper, and then it's more like you expect a miracle, like you you. You get excited about the lessons you'll be shown and the miracles that will come your way, you know. And that's that's what I feel. That that's so key. I know that was so big in my life when I, I just immersed myself in the course more and more and more. Then I was like, wow, you know, it's I'm just gonna have so many miracles. I was I woke up every morning expecting miracles. So and I know from yeah. It can be thinking about relationships. It can, at one point, Jesus says, this world is an impossible situation. So, mm. yeah, try to solve that. Mm. You know, you can't really solve it, but you can forgive it. And that, the means is given for that. So, I join you in that. Let's expect a miracle and take it on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I just want to follow up with what I last said. Um, my intent when, was to bring it up um, just to release it. And so after I did, and I sat down and I just released some crying, this incredible present innocence filled my mind. That was the reward of releasing the thought, oh my gosh, there are so many people in this room. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to say that there was a miracle that happened after that, and it was amazing just to realize that the whole time I wanted to cover up present innocence, and I give that up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to share another thought that was rolling through, is that when, when they had that moment together where they had the, 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 the date, and he told her, he told her, um, my life is you know, better basically with you in it. I'm imagining what my life would be with you in it. And I thought, that's true. What, 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 what would my mind be like with the Holy Spirit in it and guiding it and directing it? And I, and I just, and my life is better because you're all in it. You're all here and living miracles and everybody that's just doing the work and expecting the miracle and, and extending the love. And, and so my, my life is truly better uh, because all y'all, um, are in it um, as as shining examples for me to be able to express myself, express my love, and close that gap or close that loop in terms of it. So thank you, Eric, and everybody. Thank you, thank you, Stephen. What a wonderful feeling to be here, be here together. Yes, here comes Dan. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> he said he wanted. 
He's, he asked for exercise. Now you're running STEM all over the place. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got it. Hi, I'm Mike, and I just, um, basically I cried through almost the whole movie. And uh, it was very healing because it was my story, which is, that's the thing the egos accuse me the most of, is running away. So it was just so beautiful, all the support that came through, even the thoroughness of the miracle to heal the father's wound of guilt for not being there for his son when his mom died. I was just like, oh my God, it's like the miracle. I don't know, it, it, it doesn't leave anybody out. And so I just felt grace. And this is actually the second time I watched the movie with you guys. Um, once was on an online retreat, I think. But just that, the innocence, that nothing, and it was the same thing. It was the running away from the, the belief in unworthiness, that guilt. And, uh, and so just being able to release that, and we were talking about before, of being able to own that, that I owned that for so many years, this, that you could convince me of my unworthiness and how that has been unraveling. And how much love has been replaced. And I just, I'm so grateful. I just want to continue that unraveling of that wound. And so I'm just, I'm, I couldn't be happier to really ball in front of everybody. Also coming from that background where feelings weren't allowed. It's so very, thank you all. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Such healing tears. I agree. I, I like that because everybody came clean. In the end, even the brother-in-law, you could see after Liam left, he just had this look on his face like, did I do this? You know, was I the one that delivered the doubt thoughts that, that destroyed the family? You know, he kept accusing, you're going you're gonna to destroy them like you did before. And, and then he had that look. But then in the end, you know, you could just see it on his face. Like everyone came clean. And that's like foreshadowing... That's foreshadowing for all of us that, yeah, everyone sooner or later comes clean. And there's so much joy with that that our heart just burst open like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, like you always knew it was going to be like that. And, and then it just, yeah, it comes through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Got it. Hi. The scene that stood for me um, the most is going back to the scene of the um, the sermon uh, about forgiveness and how right out of coming from the sermon there was the forgiveness practice. And where he told uh, Liam to stay, and then uh, like the so-called black sheep of the town, like stay there and and uh, and receive the forgiveness, and then also the community, like, hey, here's your forgiveness opportunity. So that's how I see it. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. It came quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say I really love that song that uh, 
it was by a woman uh, at some point, I guess in the middle, I think, or something. But they they talk. She's talking about heaven, and just it was so so beautiful. So yeah. <laughs> Over here. Um, I just felt to share about the um, the theme of running away because I felt that the last movie, Molly's Game, the scene with her dad um, really struck me because he was saying, "Why did you make that choice to to?" go the direction that you went and then I had images from my own life of like why did I make that choice and it just felt like I was running away like literally just running away from my family not having any contact and that just feels like a deep wound and so this is just that same theme of running away and I just see how deep that is in the mind of just how we're constantly just you know, running, and I was telling, I think, Greg and Brian in the car the other night, just, like, asking myself, like, what are all the ways that I'm running away, and even here, like, even now, like, my tension or whatever, like, these subtle ways that were just the mind or were acute, I don't know, like, we're being accused of running away, too, the way he said it, I don't know his name, but I like that. <laughs> Um, just the idea that that yeah we're we're running from God and we don't know why anymore and we don't know how to stop and it's just just feels really profound so I wanted to share about that. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, instead of running from God, we're going to stop and face the music all week long. <laughs> Uh, yeah I'm a little bit hesitating on speaking in a crowd but I realize I for me, it was just a cliche love movie, and it didn't mean much to me, so I think I have to see it again after all these stories. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's, it looked like it, he made the whole thing real. So I think, what's the point? It never happened, right? If it's true what the cause is saying. So, yeah, maybe next time then. All your expressions had brought... He's ready to watch it again. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you for being so candid. I love it. I just love when we do a movie gathering. It's just a cliche. The whole movie. (laughs) That's good. It never happened. Well, you got a point. (laughs) That might be the wisest thing anybody said, said the whole night. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
I love it. I love you all, and I love all your sharings. We've gone from yellow tags to it never happened, and and many uh, touching songs and everything in between. We've covered it all. One scene. <laughs> there, there was a scene where uh, he was sitting at a table, and they brought the guitar out. He's been sitting. In the, I might not have noticed it before hanging with the musicians. But uh, he didn't tune it, right? Like before he started playing it, and I'm sitting. I seen sitting with me. I said, and, and at the end, like I just figured out maybe it's uh, that you can pick up where you left off before the holy instant. I mean, the unholy instant. That's it. That's, I like that. Or she's such a genius that she tuned it <laughs> for him, <laughs> and then she played it. <laughs> they couldn't even believe she could play it. She can play it. She probably can tune it too. So. <laughs> she was like inserted in as this <laughs> great healing, healing goddess <laughs> into the movie. Yeah, Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit character for sure. That's David seeing with charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to say something about the value of practicing forgiveness. Um, it was so clear to me in that one scene where he froze and he literally could not, couldn't do anything, you know? And how easy it was for the brother-in-law to just judge him. Um, and why I practice forgiveness and how Jesus has convinced me I don't understand why people do what they do at all. I never understand that. And it was such a good example. I mean, he was reliving probably a memory that was denied and repressed for how many years? You know, and it can seem so so obvious and blatant, you know, that he was not meeting his responsibility as as a good dad in that scene, just watching his daughter choke you know, to judge him for that, when in reality, no, you know, because there is something behind that that nobody in that scene had access to. We, As the observer, we were seeing it. Um, so, you know, I'm so grateful that I, that's been shown to me, you know. Don't judge others. You don't have a clue why people do what they do. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's like reiterating that course lesson. In no situation do you perceive your own best interest. It's very humbling. And yet, what a, a, a pathway to happiness to not try to, to interpret. Just to be, as a little child, curious. Show me. Show me the meaning. Show me the truth. Show me the light. Yeah. How beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Dean. <laughs> Hello, folks. Um, just as something rolling around in my mind. Uh, one comment. I kind of felt, I know, I know it was the movie. You have to have this for the movie, but uh, Josie forgave him too quickly for me. <laughs> if it was me, more, I would nurse that one. 
And I would have, I would have held on for that one. You know, you get burned like that. And I mean, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, you know, being left on the, on the, um, on the altar, right? I guess it happens. It's a thing, right? But um, jilted. And, jilted, yeah. Yes. I, w- I would have nursed that for a long time. <laughs> I mean, you know, she punched him, but the, you know, it was within just a few days she was over it. That was too quick for me. Crochet. <laughs> Uh, I think I have more of a question. Just like what you were talking about before um, with, you know, like I feel like I understand it's like my body has one idea and then the other part of me sees everything clearly. And uh, in terms of like, you know, the healing, like the truth and like letting go of the illusion and all of that and within a family dynamic like that that was played out so clearly and so beautifully... Um, and then relating it to my family that I was sort of looking at and going, yeah, I feel like my family's not really ready for that. <laughs> like, I want that for my family, but um, but understanding that, you know, I can do the work on my own, like that's how I'm walking through it. Like, and I'm like, oh, am I running away? <laughs> you know, like that guy as well, but I felt like it was necessary to get out of that dynamic to be able to connect more. And um, I guess I'm sort of answering my own question as I'm ma- asking the question that I'm imagining going back home then, you know, at some point and I feel like whether they're ready or not or it's not even necessary to even have the conversations because I'm like, can we just heal it and not actually have to <laughs> talk it out, you know? But uh, just, you know, can I just go home? And because I forgive and I have let go of it that that you know then we'll just interact in that space you know yeah I think that is the beauty of of healing is that I think I was talking earlier uh, the very first session of the day where I was just saying that everything in the world is just symbols so if you just looked at it from this perspective you could say wow there was a lot of symbols of like facing things like coming back from eight years of running away and then coming and and coming right back to that town and going right to your to your home where your where your mother was and your dad and facing things but the good thing is is yeah that that there's no set formula and that you know you're here with Dean Dean's a real philosophical guy you know and there's <laughs> introspection and contemplation and I found in my life that I would just open and ponder things and and have these flashes of insights just from curiosity and pondering hmm, why did I react that way and what is it in me that is triggered and always coming inside to my mind uh, that that is very rapid Uh, in fact with A Course of Miracles, um, after about two and a half years of just reading it for eight hours a day, the most amazing thing happened. And I just, it was like there was Jesus' voice in my mind, just as common and as, 
as natural as I, we're having this conversation. It was just speaking to me in very soft conversational tones. And uh, I do remember for a long time that he, it was just the same lesson. It's your lesson. It's your lesson. It's your lesson. Mm-hmm. That speeds things up. You know, when yeah. you just start to see everything as your own lesson. Mm-hmm. Not trying to analyze the motives of others or figure the world out or... Because all kind of energy can be put in all the wild goose chases and you start to just watch your mind and watch your thoughts. Yeah. Pay attention to your feelings and then it can go very fast. And even if you're not encountering them, like I did a bit of that with facing the family and, and doing all that, but actually after a while Jesus used music, he would just have me listen to all kinds of varieties of music and, I, and emotions came flooding up and I, then I had to go, what's going on in here? Why, mm. why am I so sad? And, you know, what is this, this music? And then after that, movies, which is a huge acceleration. Here we are watching a movie like this and all those family dynamics, we're getting straight, a straight shot at how do I feel? about yeah. that. What did it mean to me? What did it bring up for me? So I, I do agree that, yeah, there's no set formula and the ego will try to run, it's always trying to run a guilt trip, like, well, <laughs> if he did that, then what does that mean I have to do? You know, it's not that we have to literally physically work it through. Uh, if things are really stuck, uh, like they were for him, that can be helpful. But there are many ways to get in touch with those issues and and move through them pretty yeah. quickly. Because it feels like, I guess, like as you're saying that, it's just you know, it's all just truth. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It feels like my body is like clinging to that idea, you know, like you said, a symbol of that family dynamic, and I was like getting caught up in the drama of it. And then the other part is just like, oh, that's just bringing me back home here. You know, that's like the, you know, the symbol of home, you know, within the family dynamic, but the, the home that I found is really here. Yeah. And the more I keep connecting to that, then, then it's that whole what I saw with the family is no longer, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. Thanks. Yeah, that's it. There's even a, a workbook lesson where he says, you, you know, you think that maybe you'd like to go back to your childhood home and he goes in great detail to say that basically that that memory is just a distorted perception that yeah. we have to come within and, and into our mind and go into our consciousness to find that that home deep enough we can find that home feeling that's always there that's connected to our creator it's not really associated with some nostalgic thing that happen or, or this ideal like we see it oh look at that oh look at that healing at the end <laughs> and as if we're different from it and they have something yeah like you know. oh they have that in their family I don't have that in mine but then that's going outward for what's in and that whole experience is pointing us back in here it's not out there <laughs> yeah 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 that's what Kelly was saying I, when you were speaking I, you're just recognizing it it's different to see something as a recognition, like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Because to recognize something, you had to know it before. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the truth. We do know all of this before. And we're just remembering now. It's just coming more fully into awareness. But it's not new. Like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just a recognition. And how wonderful to recognize that and say, Ah, there, I can see it more and more all around me. Because it's in me. It's, and, and I can recognize it. It's truly there. And so. if I can just ask one more thing, because you're actually leading to another question I had, is about the crying thing. <laughs> you said, I don't know if you were just being symbolic about the weeping, but I've been going to church uh, like every Sunday and I just weep. And it, it's that like sense of like coming home and I like it's uncontrollable. Like, and that's just how I've always been my whole life, like just... I just weep a lot. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, like I, I laugh easily too, you know, like, but I, what I'm experiencing right now is maybe what you were talking about before and it obviously come, comes in waves and then I have experiences where I watch the movie and my ego attaches to that symbol. But is that why I cry all the time? <laughs> Like what I think it's, is it's that? Like it's just flooding. Is that back just into, like the resistance releasing, yeah. like yeah, of like the dream, pouring back into awareness so fast that you just kind of burst with these tears. And we have a friend, Francis, who was raised in Beijing, China, and uh, as an atheist um, with her family, and yet her and her mom started to go into these churches in China, even, and she just started to cry and didn't know why. And then um, also being in, raised in Beijing, she, there was a phenomenon that most of us know in our recent history that we knew of that she didn't. So I went with her to see the Ron Howard movie, eight, wasn't it Eight Days a Week? Or, and it was the Beatles. And so she sat with the movie theater with me and had never experienced the Beatles. They made it to like Japan, but they never were like in communist China. And she just wept the whole movie, just wept. And then recently, uh, she, she watched uh, Mr. Rogers' documentary, you know, and she just cried all the way through it. So, a lot of us here can relate to what you're talking to because it just strikes us, it touches us so deeply. It's the then, truth. You feel that truth yes. and the love, and then all the like any of the resentment stuff gets washed away in the crying is what it feels like when I feel like I'm holding on and I'm resentful or I'm angry. It's, mm -hmm. I don't like that feeling. But then I yeah. cry and that feels better. Yeah. And because it gives me that access to the love, yeah. right? So it's like a catharsis. Yeah. It really is a catharsis. Yeah. And even, you know, they've done tests on, they, they will test the chemistry of tears of sadness and then the chemistry of tears of joy. And they're actually different. Wow. They actually have different chemistry. And that's wow. a powerful reflection of, you know, it's, we're, we're choosing our state of mind. And, and I would say, you know, tears of joy are very heart opening. You know, as they keep coming and pouring, then you just go with it. And, and it's just like a, a river. You cry mm. a river of joy. And then even the catharsis of, of, allowing the sadness, because the mind has been in such a state of denial and repression that even letting those emotions up, that's why we have expression sessions and we encourage people to, you know, to, to trust and bring those emotions up and to see that there's healing 
that's a that's a harbinger of healing as well. So yeah, tears I think for me have a very it's a very positive, helpful symbol. Yeah, it has felt for me too, but it's not as accepted in society. So <laughs> I've had some interesting yes. experiences. You should come on this guy's uh, show. Jason has been crying so much, episode after episode, and everybody's loving it. His ratings are going through the roof. And he's, got, he's got a following now. They love it. Yeah. From the bottom up, it's called. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> You're welcome.